Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? It's harmless phosphorescence. Don't young lady me, buddy. This is your host, Thoreau Smiley. Who else is here? I'm Josh Cece, and I'm Korean from Earth. It's time to squish the termites. I'm Brian Lesh. Remember the garbage days? I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage days of wine and roses. Yeah. <laughs> This is Armless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live action superhero ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, and then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. We got patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Guys, just go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. And you too can join in the fun. We got all sorts of uh, bonus content there. Monthly movies coming at you every month that aren't superhero related. We got Star Wars stuff, music stuff. Uh, so head on over there, check it out. And if you can't afford to, then just read us. Read us on the podcast app that you're currently listening to us on. We'd appreciate it, everybody. Um, and that brings us to this week. This week. Um, may I interrupt you just for a moment? Oh, yeah. Little, <laughs> Please. Uh, I live for interruptions. Sec- non sequitur um my hat came in and so i just wanted to yeah the elotes uh, oh. i just wanted to say hats off to corn week as it is still corn week be safe have fun it is always corn week on harmless phosphorescence yeah yep Eat. i believe uh, corn week started uh, just over a year ago yeah wow. we were talking about that um when uh, cuz it I guess first corn week, I didn't even have any furniture in my house. <laughs> wow. See? See what corn has done for you? We we mark <laughs> you the too. we mark the time by the passage of corn week, which never ends. Never ends. Uh, hats <laughs> off to corn week. Uh, hats off to corn week, everybody. Um and this week on uh, Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Defendor. Where are you supposed to be? Your worst nightmare. He calls himself Defendor. Defender? Defendor. I want Captain Industry. Who? Evil mastermind. I'll probably know him then. Show me. Well, that kind of information doesn't just grow on trees. When you break the law, you're a punk. You don't think you've done anything wrong? Was that wrong? There are probably better ways to deal with people like that. Trouble has a way of following me. Where's Captain Industry? This Captain Industry doesn't exist! <laughs> Come on! Please, God, not the live dose! I'm gonna capture Captain Industry. Arthur, they have guns? Guns don't hurt me. Who writes your dialogue, Superman? You strike me as a man of great integrity. Look out, termites. <laughs> Squishing time. What's that? A jar. What is this supposed to do? Very little. Except contain a swarm of angry wasps. <laughs> hey, yo, whoa! Uh, Defendor released February 19th, 2010. It is our first 
movie of the uh, the tens, the teens. Oh, yeah, we we're in a new decade. Yeah, we're moving. What? I, I thought it was two thousand nine. Nope, twenty ten. Um, we if you guys remember last week, I announced we were doing Kickass. I got I got the uh, orders mixed up, so I've had to go through and uh, make sure everything. We got reshuffled a little bit going forward. It is released February 19th, 2010 um, in the United States. It was released uh, in 2009 okay. at the Toronto International Film Festival, but it did not see the light of uh, day in America cinema until February 19th, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada's not America. Keep saying it. <laughs> I keep saying it. I keep saying it. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> Canadians are grateful, though, I'm sure. Somebody's got to oh. say it. Um, it's yeah. like you're a flat earther, but you're just—it's just such a pragmatic. <laughs> there are Canada is not American. Canada is one of them. I've 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 heard it all. <laughs> um, it has a running time of 101 minutes. It cost uh, four million Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Loonies, yeah. which is 3.19 million US. Um, it took in 44 thousand dollars at the American cinema. Worldwide, That's actually, it? that is worldwide. It took in forty-four thousand. Yeah, wow. it was great. It, yeah, was it was great. The distribution must have been terrible on this. Yes, yes, it was. We'll actually get it. It was so. Um, it was. Uh, well, here, let me just look it up now. It was owned by Sony Pictures. Uh, they decided not to release it theatrically. So um, the production company of the films, which uh, usually is just set up to like actually like just run the operation of the film itself. It's they're usually self, yeah. but they they right. decided to release it um, themselves theatrically in the U.S. So it showed on like 10 screens. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, it's a shame. It is. Do, um, do we know why Sony pulled the plug on on, on I, like widespread release? I mean, there there are questionable moments in the movie but not enough to yeah yeah i can't find anything um was there like a shooting that happened right before this would have been released or anything i can't think of any violent no well, I, I, th- I think it was then, just money i think it was just a money thing they decided oh. it wasn't gonna make its money would is my guess i think also maybe the idea of like hey this isn't this kind of superhero movie people want to see like this is yeah. more about a person yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very much like a little indie kind of dramedy. Yeah. Than okay. anything else. Um, For sure. Yeah. But um, talking about release, um, that means, guys, it is time to play the box office top 10 game. Yes, everybody. This is the game where I will count down the top 10 movies of the week of February 19th, 2010. The boys will try to guess what those movies are based on my description and. Um, they will try to guess where Defender opened. Uh, spoilers, Defender did not open in the top 10. All right, that was my question. It okay. does, however, appear in the top 100. Gentlemen. <laughs> All right, well, let's guess the top 10, but we can also guess as our answer. Yeah, I want to know anything. one out of 100. Let's raise the stakes. Yeah, where yeah. Where, where do you guys... Uh, Al, you can go first. You don't go first very often. Where do you think Defender opened in the top 100? 67. Al says 67. All right. Uh, Brian. 44. Brian goes 44. Josh, what are you thinking? Well, I was going to use, you know, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. So 42. It's close to... Price is right. Let's do it. 42. So Josh goes 42. Um, It... (laughs) 
Well, okay, so I'll really quickly, some of the other movies that opened that week, Dream Killer opened at nine, number 92. I don't know what that movie is, but it earned $861. But I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Happy Tears also opened that week at number 62. And at number 61, <laughs> Defendor. I like I like picturing uh, Happy Tears is just another animated penguin movie. It's just much darker and sadder. <laughs> uh, whoa! It's yeah. about the it's the seal's perspective. <laughs> the uh, description is two sisters return home to deal with their ailing father, only to face some surprising situations. Starring uh, Parker Posey and Rip Torn. <laughs> Oh, wow. When you said ailing father, I thought an alien father. Oh. Like, uh, and that was the surprise. It was like, oh, he's actually not sick. He's an alien. He's an alien. He's a, I'd yeah. pay to watch that movie. I'd pay a dollar. <laughs> Parker Posey and Rip Torn. <laughs> Together again. <laughs> Performing the hit songs of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> like, I've got a whole lot of love. <laughs> now get the fuck out of here. Um, also opening this week, I'm going to briefly run down the openers this week. We got at number 48, The Good Guy. Um, at number 36, Blood Done Sign My Name. Um, <laughs> at 29, The Ghost Rider. Um, at 25, the Oscar-nominated short films of 2010. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And that brings us to the top 10, guys. All right, you ready? What was the description for Defendor? Oh, yeah, Defendor. Let's see what this said. Um, Arthur Poppington, a regular man who adopts a superhero persona known as Defendor, combs the city streets at night in search of his archenemy, Captain Industry. Oh, wow. That doesn't really tell you what the movie is. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Um. All right, so here we go. Here's the top 10 of the week of February 19th, 2010. Uh, coming in at number 10. As homicide detective Thomas Craven investigates the murder of his activist daughter, he uncovers a corporate cover-up and government conspiracy that attracts an agent tasked with cleaning up the evidence. I saw this. I just don't remember It stars it's Mel Gibson... Payback? No, no, that was a good. Um, Edge of Darkness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine. In Paris, a young employee in the office of the U.S. ambassador hooks up with an American spy <laughs> looking to stop a terrorist attack in the city. <laughs> in the city. Um. I may, I, I may have said hooked up in a way that doesn't accurately indicate the way they meant hooked up. Is this Sex in the City does Paris? <laughs> Saves Christmas. This stars John Travolta and Jonathan Reese Davies. They're the ones hooking up. Yeah, you know. Um, it's called From Paris with Love. Which is why I thought it was a rom-com until I saw the poster. Oh, oh is that a play on From Russia with Love? I think so, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, boy. Uh, coming in at number eight. 
a faded country music musician is forced to reassess his dysfunctional life during a doomed romance that also inspires him. Oh, that was that Jeff Bridges one, right? Yep, sure was. Anybody remember the title? Lonesome. Uh, no, but that'd be a good name for him. Yeah, I can't remember. It is called Crazy Heart. Oh, yeah. And then he toured doing the songs that he performed in the movie. Oh, I yeah. He came to the Fox Theater, and I, I still regret not going. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Coming in at number seven. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> this, this movie. A bad deed on the part of a tough minor league hockey player results in an unusual sentence. I'm leaving it there because anything else I say is going to 100% give away what this movie is. Goon? No. Bad deed of minor league hockey. Um, Happy Gilmore. No, this stars The Rock. Oh. Was <laughs> this Walking Tall? Oh. No. No. Is it Slapshot? Did they remake that? No. <laughs> I'll read the end of the sentence. He must serve one week as a real-life tooth fairy. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Tooth- that was the premise of the tooth fairy movie? Yes. He's a hockey player. Wow. A gets- Samoan I was going to say some hockey player. Who gets- Samoans on skates. Who gets sentenced I mean, like- to be a tooth fairy. Yeah, I don't know what's less believable about that movie. Right. Yeah. Hockey needs more representation. I'm sure there's all kinds of great hockey players of different ethnicities but one black in the world yeah i mean there's like all kinds of people that live up in the northeast that probably (laughs) play hockey pretty well okay fair enough not just the rock is large but samoans are are pretty big guys stout guys it's got to be hard to balance on ice skates (laughs) (laughs) um coming in at number six uh romantic drama about a soldier who falls for a conservative college student while he's home on leave. <laughs> Why does it matter? It's conservative. Was this, yeah. yeah, was this made by Ben Shapiro? Star- right. Yeah, right. Uh, starring uh, Channing Tatum and Amanda Seyfried. Ooh. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. 21 Jump Street. Tale of a bygone era, for sure. It's called Dear John... Uh, yeah, what? yeah. Um, oh God! At Everything no- about this sounds awful. Yeah. Is that the uh, the movie version of the Judd Hirsch? I I show? wish it was. I still I still think of that theme song every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I like Channing Tatum. Actually, I like her too, but I have no idea. Yeah, you know, Channing Tatum was a very underrated comedic actor. He's charming. Yeah. But he's charming. Yeah, he's not a good leading man. No, no, he's way too doofy. Awful. Way too doofy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, all right, number still, five. Still the best in Hail Caesar. That's still my favorite Channing Tatum role. Yeah. Sorry, Magic Mike. <laughs> um, I like him in This Is the End. I was. That's what I was going to mention. That that was yeah. awesome. But like, yeah, way to make fun of yourself so much. I love it. Because you know there's a lot of fans of him that are a little bit homophobic. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. Uh, number five. Um, upon his return to his ancestral homeland, an American man is bitten. 
I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> He's and bitten. And twice shy. Yes. <laughs> bitten by another man or by a, a dog. Yeah, where is he? Or a Just vampire. It's upon his return to his ancestral homeland, an American man <laughs> is bitten. So it's Transylvania. An American werewolf in London. You're on the right track. Uh, um, Curse of or Attack of the Draculas. Twilight. Uh, <laughs> the New Batch. <laughs> Lost in New York. <laughs> Vampires in the Hood. In Brooklyn. <laughs> um, the Wolfman. Benicio del Toro. That one. Oh, oh. that's not bad at all. Yeah, I never saw mind, that one. If you don't mind, uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is Anthony Hopkins in that, and he's like, "Don't look back. The past is a wilderness of horrors." <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I heard him say that, and I was like, "Oh, like that's some true shit right there, man." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna finish this Wolfman movie. Yeah, uh, coming in at. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen the end of a wolf. <laughs> this is the first one you ever watched all the way through. <laughs> It's like, I bet it's a silver bullet. Next. Uh, Number four. A teenager discovers he's very special and there's magic and stuff. Harry Potter's apprentice? No? It could be any of them. This one is Percy Jackson and the Olympians, colon, the lightning thief. Oh, the colon thief. Yeah. The colon thief. Um, Jude is super, super salty about this movie because it's like one of his favorite book series is because, you know, he read them as kids because they're kids books yeah. and he was a child yeah. <laughs> at one point. Still is <laughs> mostly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is not good is my understanding. Um, oh, God. Ooh, number three. Um, okay. <laughs> a paraplegic Marine. <laughs> Born on the Fourth of July. Dispatched to the moon. Coming home. Dispatched to the moon of Pandora. Oh yeah. Mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Avatar, the first blue bender. (laughs) Yeah. What does he suffer from? He is paraplegic. I don't know. Oh, so is he in space too? Well, I mean, you still can't move your legs even without gravity. <laughs> A fantastic point. <laughs> in, in space, no one can feel their legs. <laughs> like, send that dude up. No one can feel their legs. Ooh. Solid. And us. Okay. Uh, number two. Intertwining couples and singles in Los Angeles break up and make up based on the pressures and expectations of the holiday. Oh. Christmas Eve? No, remember, this opens... This is uh, the week of February February. 19th. The Valentine's Day Massacre. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Valentine's Day, it's just called. Oh. Yeah. I have a feeling it did much better the prior week. Um... It should be called Prostitution Day. Let's be honest. Yeah. People exchange flowers and chocolates. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many random strangers I've had sex with in February because they gave me chocolate. (laughs) 
It's still, even to this day, that's all it takes. That's the custom, right? <laughs> they hand you chocolate and you put out. Hey, you're you're making your own customs throw. This is America. It's like Isn't Mardi it? Gras, but with chocolate. Isn't that how we met Thoreau? Indeed. <laughs> In a restaurant. I'm going to bring one of those big-ass, giant, like, skateboard-sized Hershey bars to your house. Mm-hmm. Or the one pound. <laughs> and hold it over your just- head. Like <laughs> in your eyes, <laughs> it's like it's a shock the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> a different Peter Gabriel. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Though. That's a fantastic scene in a comedy movie. Just standing there and. <laughs> what was the song? Shock the monkey. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm, I, I think that's a. I think that's a South Park gag. Actually, just oh, I, is it? I, I didn't come up. God, with it. Yeah. that's brilliant. Monkey, Holding the boombox, like well, trying to woo a woman. Not to get too deep onto the Shock the Monkey connection. Don Ho covered that song, and somebody Whoa. animated a music video. Oh God, it was Whoa. my favorite weird that's crazy. Piece of YouTube shit ever. I'll send it to you guys. But that, it is so cool because wow. it's like late Don Ho doing it. Woo. Watch yeah. the monkey get hurt. Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Uh, all right. All right. Opening this week at number one. In 1954, a U.S. Marshal investigates the disappearance of a murderer who escaped from a hospital for the criminally insane. Oh, Shutter Island? Yeah, boy. Um, yes, indeed. Shutter Island. I watched Island. that again recently. It's terrible. I don't know how they wow. did it. Was this uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yep. And Mark that, Ruffalo. Oh, and yeah. Directed by Scorsese. Yeah. I remember watching it and just being like, what the fuck am I watching, man? What is this shit? Yeah. It was almost like it's, it's a lot like this movie, actually, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does. Um, that brings- yeah. he's. It ends, if, has everyone seen Shutter Island? Yeah. 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 Turns out he's a patient there. Yeah. 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 He's created everything. <laughs> it was Earth no. all along. Um, <laughs> it was the trees. It's the happening. The trees. All right. Okay. So that brings us to Defendor. Um, Defendor. With an O. With an O. <laughs> Not Defender. Yep. Defendor. Um, and it sounds like a Star Wars planet with the <laughs> O-R. <laughs> oh, wow. Def Endor. Yeah. Yep. Um, this was written and directed by Peter Stebbings. Um, Peter Stebbings uh, is not most well-known as a writer or director. He's best well-known um, as David in Too Close for Comfort. <laughs> um, wow. It, I don't remember that character. No, but. that's actually a movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was the Dead yeah. Knight TV show. Um, yeah. I know. Um, no, he's not best known for that. He's not best known for anything. He played a. He was in a bunch of Canadian movies that I've never heard of. Ruby Red, <laughs> No Alibi, Drive. She said, "Picture Claire, Blue Boy, and Girl in Pink." Um, he played the bad guy in K nineteen, The Widowmaker. Um, he was in oh that two thousand four Regeneration. Um, Jack and Jill versus the world. Never cry werewolf. These are all movies he, he, he acted in. He's basically a, a C list Canadian actor. That's, that's kind of where he's at as far as like 
his profile uh, goes. Um, he did a bunch of never cry werewolf, <laughs> never cry werewolf in a crowded well, theater. <laughs> well, what if you saw the werewolf coming and then you went to get the villagers and you got back and he'd already turned back into a dude and then all the villagers <laughs> hate, hate you forever? <laughs> the boy who cried werewolf. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, uh, let's see, he was in. Let's see. He he had a uh, recurring role in the Borgias last uh, when that was on um, in something called Crossbones. Um, fair amount of TV, but this is his one big writer director bid. Um, Must have been a passion project. He or he did also direct. He he had a few other writing credits here and there, um, and he also did direct a movie called Empire of Dirt. Um, so. But yeah, this is a full-on indie production. Um, it was a uh, let's see. It stars, of course, Woody Harrelson as Arthur. Um, we've uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about Woody before on the show. I don't think he's been in anything no. we've done. I don't think so. Um, his okay. So, are you guys aware of the thing with his dad? No, I vaguely remember something. His dad was like a murderer or something. Yeah. So, all right. Um, his we talked about him in Solo, but uh, oh, our general oh, listeners that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so Woody Woody's father was a hitman. Oh, that's right. Charles Boyd Harrelson. Um, and he uh, he he was implicated as being um. Being uh, near Dealey Plaza, uh, oh, on, no. yeah. Um, he uh, he did some jail time for um, murdering a judge, which Woody what? Woody Harrelson then went and played a character in the movie about that murder. Wow! Years later, um, so yeah. But uh, he always yeah. Um, the, the Judge John H. Wood, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just an interesting side note. Woody, everyone knows Woody Harrelson, of course. Um, got his, He's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. He, he really is. I don't know if I can name one thing, TV or movie, that he did that I don't like in one way. One other interesting tidbit. He was friends with Mike Pence in college. What? Huh. They, huh. they went to college together. He said they, they knew each other. They were, like, not close friends, but acquaintances. They'd see each other occasionally, talk, were friendly. Um and he said, you know, he was always a very passionate guy. I don't know if we'd get along nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he just, you know, probably try and get him stoned. Yeah. Well, and he and McConaughey not grew up together, but they came up together, right? They were friends way before we even knew who they were. Oh, I don't know. I, didn't I have know. this crazy promo picture of the two of them. I'll look for it and text it. But they're easily like 20 years old and they're like hugging each other and they have only vests on <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> that sounds one hundred percent like how I'd picture them. Uh-huh. Yep, like leather vests. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, leather vests. <laughs> uh, uh, we got Cat Dennings as Cat. Um, she's uh, you know, she's Cat Dennings. Um, she was she started as a child actress in the nineties. Um, let's see. Uh, well, doing commercials and such. Her first. Big role was in Sex in the City. She played. Oh. Um, she played the city. Uh, <laughs> I first noticed her in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I've yeah. loved her ever since. Yeah, 
Um, She's beautiful. That um, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist um, was probably <laughs> <It's> still going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, of course, she was. We'll see her again in Thor. Thor: The Dark World. Uh, pos- she is the best part of the those movies. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, God, uh, she was great in Wandavision. Yeah, I really, really liked her in that. Um, but yeah, she's Cat Dennings. She did quite a few years in network sitcom Jail, uh, Two Broke Girls, which I've seen roughly five minutes of. <laughs> Yeah, I've 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 left it I've on never. before and, and it's you know, laugh track and restaurant comedy. Yes indeed. Uh, yeah. Um Sandra O oh as Dr. Park. I um, love her. Is this our first time talking about Sandra O? Oh? Cause wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um Eve Pilastri, man. Yeah, Killing Eve. If you guys haven't watched Killing Eve, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Um although I don't know, the newest season. Oh, fun. I loved it. It was, it was so uh, weird. It was fine. I don't know. The first season is, I don't think either season two or season three has held up to season one for me personally, but it's all, it's still fun. I still like it. Yeah. I, I think the, they kicked the fun and weird up like to a hundred compared to the first one. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. No, it's way more over the top. Yeah. Way more over the top than the first season oh. was. I just sent everybody the picture I was talking about. <laughs> nice. Why. Oh, Wow. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> oh. Is he wearing a Wonder Bread shirt? <laughs> wow, I wonder. It looks like he is. No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. Oh, man. Those are bros. Those are BFFs for, for sure. For sure. And Woody's um, hair has always looked like that. Always. Yeah. Always, yeah. He was born like that. <laughs> we all were born like that. But then, yeah. <laughs> he lost. Uh, all right, so Sandra O, oh, um, she got her start in Degrassi High. Um, it, wow, yeah, like which Nin- iteration? Ninety two. I think that's the original generation, isn't it? Like early nineties. I believe. So. Wow. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, that's when I was watching it. So yeah, um, she did a bunch of like TV stuff in the nineties. She was on oh, Kung Fu the Legend continue. Oh. Lonesome Dove, the outlaw years when she played. Oh, she got she got cast in a lot of really racist roles in the early nineties. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, yeah, being a non-white actor in America. Yeah, um, and of course she was in. Oh God, the red. Well, not just non-white, but <clears throat> Hollywood. Um, I don't know. They would use Asian people and not give a shit about like what country they were actually from. Oh yeah. Asian Asian was Asian for sure. Right. Which yeah. This movie did a really funny job of addressing that directly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Um her big breakout no, I don't know if it was her big breakout role, but um the first movie she was in that I recognized the name of was Bean, as in Mr. Oh. (laughs) She played Bernice Schimmel. Which is awesome. I were, um, go ahead. Grey's Anatomy is the thing that I think everybody knows that's, her from. That's her big breakout. But she, well, she had roles in The Red Violin, Permanent Midnight, uh, The Sideways Princess Diaries. for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I forgot about Sideways. Um, well, big fat. won a lot of Oscars. I think maybe, pardon me. I think she was nominated possibly, but I, don't quote me on that. Um, I'm not sure. All right. But yeah, she's great. 
Yeah, she is. I love Sandro. Um, uh, let's see. We've got. Uh, Hang on, I got, I got a couple voice credits. I was just scrolling through; they're kind of funny. On Robot Chicken, in one episode, she played Sarah Connor and Kate Winslet. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Fantastic. Um, she. Oh, this this is more recent. Um, on uh, Shira and the Princesses of Power. That's the uh, 2018 to 2020. Um. Seven episodes as Castispella. <laughs> Castispella. Apparently, and um, apparently that reboot. A, of, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. Apparently, that reboot of Shira is insane. Um, there's oh, like a full wow. on lesbian relationship <laughs> between Catra and Shira. Wow, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a an animated thing called Invincible where she plays Debbie yeah. Grayson. Oh, that was a comic book. Yeah, that's new. Oh, on oh, that that yeah. yeah, that Amazon show. I haven't seen that yet. Okay, yeah. I've had a couple of people tell me that I have to watch it, so we should check it out. That's it. All right, thanks, Al. Um, um, I just want to say while we're still on Sandra, oh, she has possibly one of my favorite SNL appearances ever as Tishy, the super wealthy. I think she was. I think the joke that she was like a Samsung heir. And she marries some guy and they keep traveling through time. And the joke kept being like, and you're still with Tishy? And it <laughs> ends up that she's like a bajillionaire, but she is the most irritating, grating character I've ever seen on <laughs> SNL. So good. Oh, I'm going to have to Google that one. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her SNL uh, appearance is one of the better ones of that year. All right. I'll say, okay. So we've got Elias Codius as, um, <laughs> I said that weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like an alien from Star Wars, Cotius, uh, um, <laughs> as Chuck Duty. I mix him up with I don't anymore, but he and Chris Maloney were always mixed yeah, up in my mind. I can see that time. for sure. Yeah, but this dude's good. Like Maloney, he's he's pops up and he's pretty pretty good. He's one of those guys that's like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Um he's been in a million things. Tucker, a man in his dream. He was Casey Jones in yeah. Ninja Turtles. That's oh, right. Right. I always get um, he, he's in the Chicago verse. Yeah. Mm. I get him mixed up with the guy from Law and Order all the time. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah that's who I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Chris Maloney. Exactly. Even when watching this, I like the first time I watched it, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. paying attention to the credits uh-huh. <laughs> to, to his name. Um yeah. Had me fooled the whole time. Yeah. Um, let's see, we got Michael Kelly as Paul Carter. Um, he's the guy that I always get mixed up with um with uh, uh, Agent Coulson, or used to. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the dude from uh, uh, House of Cards. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, th- but he's done movies, and he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. he's great dramatic actor. Yeah, uh-huh. he is. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. D- Dawn of the Dead, The Adjustment Bureau. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll see him again in Chronicle. Um, hmm. Is that the Lego movie? <laughs> Not Bionicle. Bionicle. Bionicle, Bionicle movie. I can't wait to do that one. Um, oh my God. Jude made me watch a movie last night called Titanic. The legend continues. <laughs> it's an animated film that came out in like 99. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the most insane thing I have ever seen. 
It's just the wreckage as it, it sinks. It's a musical, like in the style of like a Disney film, <laughs> of a Disney what? animated film. And it has, it has an animal plot running parallel with the human plot, which the human plot is basically Titanic. It's basically the movie right. Titanic. But um, then the animal plot, all of a sudden there's... A bunch of um, <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez mice from Mexico and a dog that raps. <laughs> and they do an entire rap song called It's Party Time. <laughs> and the, the dog, dog raps. The dog, it's party that, time. the dog that raps is dressed up like a 90s, like Fresh Prince B Boy. <laughs> it Meanwhile, is insane. The old rats are eating everyone. Yeah. All right. So Lisa Ray stars as Dominique Ball. Uh, Lisa. Who the hell was Dominique Ball? Oh, she was the oh, news reporter. That was in like one scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lisa Ray, uh, let's see. Um, Lisa Ronnie Ray, Indian descent. She's uh mostly mostly a model. Um, and in a bunch of Bollywood films. Hmm. Um, let's see. We got uh Graham Abbey played uh the captain. The police captain, um, oh. which was an interesting take on a police captain. Yeah, he, he was very empathetic and measured, and like he he understood Arthur. You know what I mean? He wasn't a dick to him. I liked that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he mostly, let's see, he was in uh, John Woo's Once a Thief, Madness of King Richard, um, Till Death Do Us Part. Um, Degrassi, the next generation, um, <laughs> from <laughs> the new batch, essentially. Yeah. Um, he mostly has stage credits. Um, he does a lot of Canadian stage work, a lot, a lot of Shakespeare. Oh my God, so much Shakespeare. Um, so that's what he mostly does. Uh, Kristen Booth played Wendy Carter, that's the wife of Paul. Um, she's, uh, uh, she was in, oh, she was in Detroit Rock City, Cruel Intentions 2. Oh my God. A movie in 2007 called Young People Fucking. <laughs> At least you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. She's just right. watching. Um, yeah, geez. Um, and then a ton of TV. Uh, Dakota Goya. Dakota Goyo as Jack. That's the kid. Um, did he do anything since then? Uh, let's see. He was uh, in the film Dark Skies and ooh, the oh. <laughs> Rise of the Guardians. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Owls of Galoo. Charlotte Sullivan played Faye. That was the mom that we saw in the flashbacks. She was... Does a bunch of supporting stuff in a bunch of movies, like all these guys do. Um, Harriet the Spy, uh, a lot of TV stuff. Um, I, I have a feeling these are a lot of people that are just friends with Peter Stebbings, the uh, writer director. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, Tatiana Maslany as Olga. That was, I believe, one of the other prostitutes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, she was the one in the car um that he offered the crack to. That's which, right. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to see her in that. Um so uh 
that's about it for the production. I got a few reviews here. <laughs> yes. Um, Scuba Steve's on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> says Harrelson in his own movie. Now that's a rarity. <laughs> Three stars. I don't know what that means. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, Jacob K says more of a kid friendly Batman. Huh. <laughs> what? Wow. Crack and prostitutes and right. Four stars and Blood Marsh K writes defend Boar the Great White Dope. Oh yeah. It's all about the puns, baby. It is. It is. So um, that's about it, guys. Are y'all ready to just jump into the movie here? Mm-hmm. Oink, so- oink, motherfucker. <laughs> here we go. This is Defendor. We open on Arthur. He's a developmentally disabled man who's being interviewed by a psychologist about assaulting a dry cleaner. Uh, <laughs> so it grabs you from the get go. Yeah, it does. No, it, and you know, the psychiatrist scene is a trope, but you know, this was interesting. It, let, it started out allowing you to believe that maybe this was in Arthur's head. Turns out it's not, but it, you know, well, you, I mean, you know. it is and it isn't because what's actually, you know, with the whole um, captain industry thing, I mean, that's yeah. Kind no, of, I know, but she's talking but what to we him see, for something specific. Yeah, what we see. Yeah, yeah. What we action. see seems to be actually reliable. His yeah. descriptions of, you know, oh, I fought 12 guys. Right. That Not, was me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, then, okay, so we cut to a city street in the middle of the night. Arthur's dressed up as a superhero. He's patrolling from a rooftop. Uh, then in a car, a prostitute's getting roughed up by some tough guy. Arthur confronts them, uh, discover that the guy is Chuck Dooney, undercover cop. Arthur asks him about someone named Captain Industry and then beats him up. And he's a crooked narcotics agent. Yeah, Yeah. super crooked. Well, and he uses the guise of being undercover to just go wherever he wants and fuck with people. Yeah, exactly. But he's not investigating shit. No, he's just committing crimes. Um. The first time we see the throwing of marble. <coughs> the throwing of the what? Marbles. Oh, the marbles. The yeah. Thro- yeah. <laughs> so this movie r- reminded me um, a little bit of, uh, what was his name? Han- not Handyman. <laughs> That's Damon Wayans. Oh, Blank Man. Blank Man. So oh. obviously that was a bit extreme, but then it also reminded me of the movie Split. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, somewhere in between those. Yeah. I didn't even think of Blank Man, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, huh. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, th- this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. Cause I mean, like Arthur is clearly mentally disabled in a way. Like he's not, a, yeah. not autistic. Like he's actually like, yeah. Like, it's a, like a diminished capacity type. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and we, a cognitive his grandfather later. When yeah. are you going to learn how to read? Right. Yeah. So he's um, slowly developing. I I can't remember if it was mentioned, but when I looked this up on Wikipedia, um, it mentioned fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, 
Oh, that Ooh. yeah, I thought I heard that that had come up. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That makes sense too with the and whole mom learning just Yeah. Right. The mom backstory. Yeah, mom. Um yeah, so um, the objects in his tool belt, you know, his his array of weapons his arsenal. Are fu- his arsenal, thank you. Um is pretty funny in and of itself, but how seriously he takes his weapons. Yeah. Is what's really hilarious. Yeah. Like aggressively throwing marbles at someone is, I don't know. I never thought about it before. It's inherently funny. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. And I, I kept expecting there to be like, like them, like (sighs) slipping on the marbles, but I don't think they ever once did. No, No, we see see a guy later who who takes a spill and gets like a concussion from the marbles. Okay. Um, Then the first scene, Chuck, Chuck Dooney, um, he, it implies, I thought it was implied that he slipped on the marbles after they were thrown at him because okay. he fell backwards. Okay. okay. I feel like Arthur should have gotten a hold of Kevin McAllister. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's taking Home Alone <laughs> out to the streets, basically. Yeah. All he needs is buckets of paint on string. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and the best part, so like what really sells this is Woody Harrelson. I mean, yeah. he sells this character. It never feels patronizing. Never. It's never like a simple Jack situation. No, um, no, and it's it's a uh, he, which it's a fine line. It's an incredibly fine line. It yeah, is. it is. He uh, pulled it off. He brought no attention to whatever mental situation we find out he has. Well, and everything played is endearing. Yes, right. He, well, that was the most powerful part. Yes, he plays it. He well because he plays it honestly, straight, and heartfelt. Like everything, you feel like he really means it. Yeah. He's a twelve-year-old boy in Woody Harrelson's exactly. You yeah, know, skin. yeah. You you empathize with him. Uh, has anyone ever heard of Phoenix Jones? He's no longer active or whatever. No. But he was a vigilante in Seattle, and he actually is the guy that that sparked off the you know local heroes, the patrol cities, hmm. mostly to call the cops. But um, he had a full-on you know latex suit and everything, and couldn't use lethal weapons. And so it just reminded me so much of that. Huh. You know, like that person isn't insane, but there's something going on in their reality that this fits into. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um all right, so a little later, Arthur uh, is in a diner eating. A couple cops come in and see him and arrest him. Uh then down at the police station, we discover that Arthur calls himself Defendor. He talks to the captain, who's sympathetic to Arthur, connects to him over being over their grandfathers both being in the war. Um, because Arthur uses a trench club as a weapon. Um, he lets yeah, that was badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Negan, Negan style. Oh God, yeah. Um, he lets Arthur go after confiscating the trench club. When they're not looking, Arthur steals the club back. Arthur is so sneaky. He really yeah. is, especially yeah. with this particular cop. Yes. Yeah. I liked uh, how um Captain Fairbanks um got to got him to reveal his name. He's just like um said so you seem uh, very noble or something, but then he says, uh, great men know each other by name. My name's Roger Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, and Arthur like like uh, copied like his little hand rubbing thing before he does that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's something. Yeah, a social cue or something. Yeah, um, and With like, the, go ahead. I was, I was gonna. Uh, if you're continuing on the point, go ahead. Uh, 
Um, yeah, he's not necessarily adversarial with the police. He, you know, he believes he's assisting them. Yeah. Yeah. And in this scene, um, the cop essentially lets him go. They give him all his gear back except for the trench club. Right. Um, but he pulls out the gum and like pretends <laughs> to blow up the, the lock. Yeah. <laughs> with a firecracker. Um, yeah. There are eight ways to leave. There are eight ways to escape this place. I'll take the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the the last time, that real life Phoenix Jones guy, it was the same old thing. They had no reason to arrest him because he never assaulted people. And it was that sort of thing where they couldn't publicly condone vigilantes, but it's just like the guy doesn't hurt anybody. So it felt the same thing. Yeah. Like take this weapon away, but this dude's not a threat. He doesn't have a debt to pay to society. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next day, uh, Arthur wakes up in his workshop home. Um, at night, he goes out and finds Dooney and a couple of thugs harassing a, a, a street artist, um, <laughs> a tagger. Yeah. Uh, he confronts. Did, did you see the labels? Mm-mm. The label. uh, on the door, it was defend door. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Right. I wrote that down. Defend, oh, defend dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The utility truck. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I felt that Defendor was sort of the illegitimate son of Mr. Furious from Mystery <laughs> Men. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, His power is anger and, you know, and dedication. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Arthur confronts them. Uh, he manages to injure Dooney with, with the hornets. Uh, then- <laughs> the, the jar of angry wasps. Yeah. Uh, that is... Ooh, that was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he gets beat up by the other thugs. Uh, the prostitute from the car the night before is in the alley and witnesses it. Um, after a flashback of the night his mother left him to go live um, to live with his grandfather, um, she does the thing about like I'll be in, I'll see you in the moon. Uh, yeah. She, uh, the prostitute manages to help Arthur get up and back into his truck and uh, goes home with him. Uh, she tells him her name is Angel. <laughs> she smokes a little crack. <laughs> <laughs> no, a little. She yeah. smokes a lot of crack, man. Yeah. She does. Special occasions. Um, they bond a bit. Uh, she tells him she's going to stay with him for a few days uh, because Dooney's pissed off and he's her meal ticket and she does trying to stay out of his way for a while. Um, Arthur... Meal ticket and also looming over her, is, she knows he could actually arrest her and ruin her life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So then uh, the next day um, at his job... Oh, and that Arthur goes to sleep and she steals one of his comics. Um, then the next day at his job as a road construction worker, his friend and boss, Paul, takes him to the hospital because of the injuries from the night before. Paul's wife and son arrive at the hospital, too. They all care very much for Arthur. Uh, then back at the police station, Chief is on the phone with the commissioner. They have an undercover cop. Uh, they're in with a gang of bikers. Dooney comes in. The chief keeps that fact a secret from him. He clearly doesn't trust Dooney. Like, he knows what right. kind of cop Dooney is. Yeah. Um, back at home, Arthur and the prostitute Bond 
He tells her that he's after a supervillain named Captain Industry. She tells him she knows Captain Industry. It's a criminal named Radovan. He's a Serbian gangster who smuggles guns, drugs, and uh, is a human trafficker. And she had non-pasteurized cheeses from France. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, she tells him he has to pay her $40 a day for information on where Radovan is. <laughs> I like the bit with Sandra where he's like, is that too much? <laughs> right. But I don't think and, he knows. And then he brings up the Rockford files. Yeah. yeah. Rockford, Rockford had to pay for information. Mm-hmm. He's All right. right. Another... Another little indicator, it's subtle, but that he sort of raised himself and raised himself watching TV, mm-hmm. reading comic books, watching superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. His mom was always out. You could tell. Well, he says, <laughs> when, oh, Al, did you catch when, um, I don't know if you made a note of it. Um, the captain asked when his grandfather died and he's 26 years ago, 26 years ago. Yeah, so this yeah. is 2011 and, you know, Defendor is probably around 40, mid forties then he was probably like a teenager when his grandfather died. Yes, probably. Yeah. 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 So yeah, probably had to probably got put in some sort of home or like the system at that point, foster care, something like that. um, And he realizes the pronunciation, but do you think it's Defendor because of his, you know, whatever learning disability, dyslexia or what kind of shit? Or was it just because he thought it was tougher? I think he just thought it was tougher, like like the one who like yeah, because it sounds superhero-y. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's acceptable. I was just curious. Um, so all right. Uh we get another scene with Sandra O. Oh, then we cut to the middle of the night. Um let's see. The prostitute is angry at Arthur because the comic she still isn't worth it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick nits. What's the character's name? Well, it, at this at point, the, she's calling herself Angel. She's calling herself Angel. This is the point. I was actually just about to get to it. At this point, she oh. reveals to Arthur that her real name is Cat. Okay. Katarina. Oh, I don't remember the last name. It's not right here. Debrovkowitz. Right. Well, yeah. We'll yes. use that instead of prostitute. Well, that's that's what I was getting to because at this point, she reveals her name to him. She All didn't. Right. She didn't up until this point. Fair. Um, Fair. Yeah. So they bond a little bit. Uh, she reveals she's secretly a good writer, or at least was told she was in high school. Um, Arthur encourages <laughs> her to pursue that. Yeah. <laughs> the things we were told we were good at in, in school. <laughs> like, thanks, guys. That's uh, real helpful now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's also revealed that apparently Strontium 90 and the Hellbound Gang sucks balls. That is yeah. a fact. <laughs> yeah. That's a long graffiti statement. <laughs> Issue number one of... Uh, was going to fetch her $4. Yeah. <laughs> and so Kat plays two roles. Yeah. he And he mentions the Lois Lane thing. But then also from a superhero movie standpoint, she's the sidekick without making a big deal about it. Yeah, she is. She's the sidekick. Um, and she's also like... She's the, Robin. She, she's, she's... Yeah, she's simultaneously um, Robin and Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. the archetypes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she tells him she doesn't really know where Captain Industry is. Um, when she went to Radovan's house, she was blindfolded when she was driven there, but it's somewhere out in the country. Um, 
And oh, this is it's never revealed what city this is. It's clearly a Canadian production filmed in Canada, but like Toronto. Yeah. yeah. But it's never revealed like what what the name of the city is. They refer to it as this town, this place. Oh, hammer. They call the it ham- the hammer. The hammer. They the call hammer. it the hammer. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Um Oh yeah, a uh, uh, little note: the um, the DJ is actually a well-known DJ. I didn't make a note of his name, but um, he's a a well-known actual radio DJ from a uh, who's uh, was hmm. has been working since the '60s. Um, damn, I didn't write his name down. All right, I'm sure I'll look it up. <laughs> Al, I'm just looking stuff up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he loves that shit. Yeah, uh, look at him. <laughs> Jim Lad. What's that? Jim Lad. Jim Lad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's was still around. Yeah. Right? He, I think he's on Sirius XM now. I think, but he yeah. started off as like an like a Southern California like radio DJ in the '60s kind of guy. Um, the uh, AM radio. Back when AM radio was radio. Um, so all yeah. right. Uh, let's see. We cut to Dooney delivering a prostitute to Radovan. <laughs> we see that the cops are surveilling the house. <laughs> like he's DoorDash. Yeah. Well, no, the, Radovan gets everything delivered. Like pizza. Yeah. Um, he gets Way Chinese food, prostitutes, guns. <laughs> Probably uh, in danger if he goes out. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, then um, that night, Cat says she'll show Arthur where Dooney hangs out and does his crimes. Uh, we get a preparation montage with Arthur and Cat. He's like getting the wasps out of the tank and like doing his slingshot. <laughs> getting stung. Yeah. The, the him getting stung was such a cute moment. Yeah. So much. Arthur, they're going to sting you. I right. can't watch. She's like looking away. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it's the central question when he uses it against, do, you know what I mean? Like, how does he get them in the jar? And then they show it and it's, yeah, it's what you think. It's yeah. painful it into the jar. Get in there. Go on. Yeah. He just shoes them in. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so Arthur finds Dooney, kidnaps him and tortures him for information on where Radovan is. Dooney eventually gives in. With lime juice. Lime. Oh no, not the lime juice. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and well, and honestly, a, a nutcracker on his fingers. That oh, that's yeah. actually like that's fucking brutal, man. Yeah. The moment that he grabbed the nutcracker, I was like, oh, where is this going? Yeah. Oh, really <laughs> yeah. Kevin McCallister, Kevin McAllister is an adult, man. Basically, for sure. He's conflicting real yeah, damage. Because the dude would react to the lime juice when he squirted it in his eye, but yeah. of course it's about a, a it's about a five to ten second reaction. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, oh my god, that stings! I hate it! I hate it! All right, now I'm oh, okay. Gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not the lime juice. Oh, I'm never oh, gonna god, forget that. Um, Arthur shows up at Radavan's house and spies on him. Um, Arthur and Cat. Uh, have some more bonding time. He encourages her to quit drugs. Then we cut to the next night. Arthur's following Radovan to a meeting with Dooney and a bunch of other guys in his gang. He tells them there's a shipment of guns and girls coming in three weeks. And he has that sweet sort of attitude of like drugs are bad and guns are bad. You know what I mean? Like 
Very simple. Yeah. 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 He's like, these things are bad. So let's stop right. them. Those are bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, ra- let's see. Radavan. Um, oh, <laughs> Arthur's cover gets blown when the wall just falls over. If you think Radavan is right for you, contact your doctor. <laughs> when the wall falls over, I was that was just a perfect comedic it, moment too. Yeah, well, they're all just looking at him. They're all just staring at each other across the room. Yeah. Did did we even mention who plays Radavan? I don't even know if that came up on our I did not recognize him whatsoever. Radovan Kristich was uh, AC Peterson. Huh. I just <laughs> he was on uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> uh, he was the dark agent in Agent Cody Banks. Ooh. Oh, of course. <laughs> as as we all know. Let's see. Um, ooh. <laughs> Let's see. He was in Run, The Cradle Will Fall. Uh, on the 12th day of Christmas. <laughs> It was the thirteenth day of Christmas was revenge. (laughs) Oh, that's what I was. All right, all right. So, uh, all right. So then, um, Radavan tells them they need to kill Arthur. Um, He uh, gets away. He has to hide in the dumpster. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah, when when he jumped into it, it was a trailer. But yeah, parkour. And the first time that he jumps into the trailer or into the trailer, into the trash, he says, remember the garbage days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. The salad days. The garbage yeah. days. Like those were the days, my friend. Well, and, in, and this is clear that he has remembered the garbage days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just oh. jumping into an empty can. Yeah. Yeah. He's learning. He, yeah. Do you think he had to like sort of scrape for himself as far as things he needed? Because grandpa was a dick we saw. Yeah. I don't know. He might have been a dumpster diver. Oh, I'm sure. I think so. I'm sure. As an adult, probably as an adult, not even as a kid. Well, and at this point, he has a job. So, uh, what he said to himself about remembering the garbage days, that was like, remember, he's telling himself to remember when it's safe to jump into a dumpster. Yeah, Yeah, that is what he meant. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So, and at this point, but he knew them. Yeah. Sorry, what? At this point? But at this point, he jumps into a full dumpster. Right, yeah, you know exactly. Well, and it's—I I thought it was cool how he had to hold his breath so the steam from his breath didn't didn't uh, give away his whereabouts to uh, Dooney. That was yeah. a cool shot too, with him uh-huh. laying horizontal and and Dooney smoking crack on the other side of this trash can. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah. Arthur goes to the police captain, shows him a video of the meeting, but the captain tells him the video doesn't prove anything. Um, Arthur goes home. And ask Cat to get more videotapes. She goes out with his debit card. When he showed up uh, at the police station, he called him commissioner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, and the dude, the chief, didn't blink. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a very hum- human. And well, and he totally, he totally disappeared, Batman style. Like uh, Fairbanks turned around and then turned back again, and he was just gone. Mm-hmm. He was just gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the commissioner. The captain character understands yep. that that Arthur is like you know he's developmentally disabled yeah, and he like yeah. he has to appre- or like approach him like he is serious mm-hmm. at yeah. all times. Right. We got to take this club because that's clearly a weapon. Yeah. But give him back everything else and let him go. 
Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. Captain knows he's not really a threat and not hurting anybody really. And he's empathetic because he knows Arthur's sort of trapped in his own world kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he couldn't tell him, you know, he's like, oh, that videotape, whether it was good or not, he has an ongoing investigation against the crooked cop and stuff. So he can't tell. Right. And and yeah, and he's he's clearly not going to try to work with Arthur in the way Arthur thinks they're going to work together to like solve crime. (laughs) Like But he does appreciate that Arthur can and does know uh, information that he wouldn't know the yeah. captain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Being in a dumpster next to the cop smoking crack kind of thing. He has access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Paul shows up at the workshop um, and is upset to find, discover Arthur living there with what is clearly a crack or um, uh, belongs the, I guess the workshop is like a city like property uh-huh. or something. Um, yeah. They, they work for public works. Yeah. Right. And, not to just interject this again, he was immediately uh, um, hostile towards the woman because he knows that Arthur's probably been taken advantage of many, many times because yeah. of his his capacity. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, if you're here, you're just fucking with them. Not that he shouldn't have a girlfriend, but that you're here for because of that. Well, yeah. Well, he- she's clearly taking advantage of him. Yeah. Right. I'm you sure know. this dude has seen it a lot of times. Like, oh, I met this nice girl. I lent her. 500 bucks. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Taking well, yeah. advantage. I mean, of yeah, the way- she, she is taking money from him. Like, so she right. actually actively is in this film. Right. Yeah. But his friend has probably seen that over and over and over again. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know? He, yeah. So, for sure. so, um, he gives, uh, he, Paul tells Arthur, he could have stayed at his house. He gives Arthur a cell phone and lets him continue to stay there. Um, we cut to another scene. The of- moment he gives him the cell phone, he gives him the biggest hug that moment. I would, th- there were a lot of like, like gut punch yeah. moments. And that was one like, Oh yeah. man, this guy really feels appreciated. He cares. And yeah. they work at the same job, but they never quite said what his friend was, but it could very well be that he was a foreman and he himself hired Arthur. I'm pretty as sure. A, like I see well, the good things in this guy. He may I not think be the charged. He's, he's the foreman when the guys yeah. are all sitting around reading the paper. Oh, yeah. good point. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. think he hired him after saving his kid. Yeah. Which well, at, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At this point, we don't know why, like that's kind of yeah. revealed later in the film, like why Paul is so invested in Arthur. It's true. Yeah. And why the son is so attached to him too. Yeah. And the wife is so happy to have him around, even yeah. though he's kind of yeah. nuts. Yeah. Because in, in a lot of movies, the wife would be like, Oh, like, like Paul, why do you keep putting yourself out for Arthur? But like, not, not right. here. She's like on board. Like he saved that my son. A, that was a dynamic in this movie. I think that I really appreciated versus most movies where it's like the, now the wife and husband are going to squabble over this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a thing. It's like, she's just as caring as he is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he obviously, you know, his friend knows he can't have a, a complicated job or a job with numbers and stuff. But however, if he just went to random construction sites, most people would probably turn him away. Because of his, you know, capacity. It's not like the military where it's strict, but like he would have been passed up and probably was a lot. Well, and it it seems like his job is mostly holding the stop sign too. The slow sign. Yeah. Slow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. instead of dismissing him, he found something he could do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like like a bagger or a Walmart greeter. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that is something I very much appreciated in this film is the lack of so many tropes which it easily could have fallen into which so many films do yeah right. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so, and and the the not instant redemption of Cat. Yeah. We don't yes. get instant like, oh, now I'm going to be your assistant. Like she is problematic until the very last moment. No. Yeah, she steals from him, steals yeah. prized possessions, and so she has a great yeah. arc because her arc does take the entire film. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's not until the end of the film that she is changed. Like. Yeah. It's and his main objective is, you know, for her not to do drugs and take care of herself. He doesn't even flinch that she sold his things. I mean, yeah. He's yeah. just like, stop doing drugs. Well, I mean, <laughs> Arthur doesn't even really have the capacity to change. I mean, that's very much there. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, this film, this film's story is the redemption of Cat. Like her, her story is the arc of the film. Well, and it's also a... a um representation of mental illness i know some bad guys call them the r word a few times yeah but yeah you know it this movie also is about a man processing where he's at yeah 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 anyway uh-huh um so all right uh so uh let's see we get another scene of arthur and sandra oh um then we cut to cat and arthur on their way to find some videotapes they pass a dry cleaner it's uh Cat's dad's dry cleaning business. Um, we see him in there. She gets upset and turns and starts heading away. Um, that night, she finally delivers the videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of porn tapes, but she tells him they're all just overdue. Record. Yeah, she's like, "Do you know how hard it is to find videotapes anymore?" <laughs> I recorded the '86 Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't record over it. Um, he again encourages her to quit drugs. They get in an argument. Arthur leaves. He finds Dooney and his guys. They get in a fight. Arthur is actually doing pretty good uh, when Radovan's personal bodyguards show up. He fights the main bodyguard guy who kicks his ass. Um, Arthur calls Paul. And when he does, the guy shoots Arthur who collapses. He also got stabbed at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. He got it in the side yes. there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, Paul, uh, after receiving the phone call, goes to the workshop, makes Cat show him where Arthur went. They find Arthur and call an ambulance. Well, and he gets shot with the MP5, right? <laughs> this is this is when the 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 goon in the suit, right, mm-hmm. shoots him. Yeah. 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 Um, who as. Before he shoots him, as he was beating up, he kept telling him to stay down. Yeah. Stay down. Stay yeah. down. Which, And we don't understand at this point why or what's happening. But uh-huh. later on, you know, it becomes yeah, clear. It's, it's being telegraphed pretty clearly, but it's kind of confusing as it's happening. Like, what does he mean stay down? Yeah. Why is and he so nice to this guy? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so then we get another scene of Arthur and the psychologist. Uh, this is a point where he has a flashback of being in his grandfather's shop and looking at comic books. Um, with his asshole, bitter grandfather, his grandfather sucks. <laughs> honestly. Oh yeah. 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 At first you think that it's like a friendly relationship and it goes South so yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. He was in the not so great war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, then in the hospital, Paul tells Kat that she needs to stay away from Arthur. Uh, we learn that Arthur was shot by training bullets, which are just kind of little like, like paint rubber. gun style rubber. Oh yeah, they were pellets. They were paint bullets. That's right. Yeah. Um, Why was oh, that yeah, guy carrying so paint bullets in his MP5 the whole time? Like that's well, 
I mean, that is curious. Well, I mean, it's because he's the undercover cop and he doesn't want to actually kill anybody. But that's like a Uh, dead giveaway. If you do end up having to shoot someone (laughs) for for your mob boss, he's going to wonder why they're not dead. Um, Well, if you were uh, if you happen to shoot a fellow cop, it would look like real bullets because of the paint. And the cop would probably probably know that that makes sense like this is our boy yeah yeah that's true for playing possum that makes a lot of sense that's true that's true Um, i'll buy it yeah exactly (laughs) survey says yeah that's like that was my one my one gripe with the movie and yeah this movie stands up holy crap it does it really does um yeah it's seamless as far as its own reality goes Yeah. yeah It wasn't like the last movie Oof. where they didn't even tell you the reality they were in, really. Um, all right. So Kat says goodbye to Arthur. She And at this point, she reveals that her father sexually assaulted her as a child. Um, she was the first one that he did that to. And yeah. he has continued doing it. Yes. He's continued. Yeah. He, that was like a very big reveal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it explains her life. Yeah, it explains, choices, yeah. you know, it, her choices, had, right? Yeah, yeah. She had to escape her father. She had to escape her father. She's trying to self-medicate her PTSD. Um, right. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but, and it's got some sort of Travis Bickle vibes there when he goes yeah. to the dry cleaner, you know, protecting the young girl. Yeah. Even though he's misinformed or not clear. Well, and she says it to him while he is unconscious. <laughs> Because he he had said earlier in the movie that, like, when I get injured, I go to a happy place Mm -hmm. and I get better. And that's, like, he's just awake but pretending to be asleep. He's literally playing possum. Like he was pretending to be asleep when his mom came in and told him she was Uh, leaving. Oh, wow. He He wouldn't get beat if he was asleep, right? Yeah, huh. there are layers to this. Yeah. It's weird. Wow. Really? <laughs> it's a yeah. really good film. Um, all right, so... Uh, she leaves. Dooney informs Radavan that Arthur is alive. His bodyguard's a cop. Radavan and Dooney, Dooney take out the undercover cop and the cop surveilling them. Um, he sends another thug to go kill Arthur in the hospital. But when the thug arrives, he finds Arthur is not in his bed. Um, we cut to Kat's father's dry cleaning business. Arthur's there in his hospital gown. He beats up her dad and shoves him in a garbage can. He was gar. He was garbage. He wanted to go in there. He wanted to. Yeah, he yep. kept saying that he he wanted to be in there. Yeah, Sim- very simplistic thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, we cut to the psychologist who asks Arthur why he's after Captain Industry. He tells her that Captain Industry killed his mother. Then we get the flashback of Arthur and his grandfather. His grandfather tells him that drugs killed his mother. The drug pushers are the ones who are responsible for her death. They're captains of industry. Yeah. Which is where the un- misunderstanding of captain industry comes in. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, as a comic book centric <laughs> kid, that's how but, he interpreted, you know, the phrase yeah. captains captain. of industry. Yeah. 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 Like captain America. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he didn't have the capacity to ever understand it later on. Yeah, it it was a simple A to B in his mind. It was very clear to him. Um, We cut to Arthur in court. Uh, The judge 
uh, well, Paul's there to try to um, take Arthur's side. The judge orders Arthur to be psychologically evaluated to see if he's capable of standing trial. Um, there's a reporter there um, who uh, is wants uh, Paul to talk to her, but um, she ends up writing a story about Arthur. Then through a montage, we see that the public has become enamored of Arthur as a uh, that, public figure. That plexiglass cage that they had him in was one of the most comic book moments. I mean, those are real. Yeah. Those exist in, in these like revolving door courtrooms. Uh-huh. But just seeing him in that, I was like, holy shit, he's a comic book hero now. Like he looks yeah. like he's in a comic book movie. Out of all these scenes, they'd all felt like, a guy playing comic book hero. Here he is in front of the court. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it like cranked up the, like talking to the captain thing to another level. Cause him talking to the captain is the other element that feels like a real superhero moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, uh, then we cut to the psychological evaluation. Um, they're just finishing up. She tells Sandra O tells the judge that, um, Arthur's not fit to stand trial. She wants him to be released. Judge says, he needs guidance. Yeah. The judge says, her, her, her real takeaway. Yeah. And the judge is like, well, we can't just let him go. And she's like, but we have to keep him out of jail. Like he can't survive in jail. Yeah. yeah. No way. Well, on the list of, of <sighs> things that she diagnosed him with were tragic. I mean, like oh PTSD, God. depression, ADHD, uh, yeah, that, developmental issues. I forget what else. FAS, the fetal yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, then Paul. Agreed. And the, the judge says, judge empathizes with him, I guess, because he says, oh, sounds like me. Yeah. 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 That was an interesting moment. Mm-hmm. That was like this weird, like, humanity in the justice system that doesn't necessarily exist. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, none. Of, it's funny because none of the people. Like the people in charge aren't all necessarily bad in this film. Yeah. We've got the captain, no. the judge, the Sandro, all of these people in a lot of these like realistic superhero movies would be like corrupt or like like unwilling to right. like listen or like hard edged, but yeah, or just yeah. don't care. They they yeah. just you know, right. you're just another digit in the in the big machine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they all care and they all empathize and can humanize him as a person. Right. It's weird. Yeah, it was very surprising at each moment. Like it got me every time. I'm not sure if I missed it when I glitched, um, but uh, at the when he's last talking to um, the psychologist, he asks, uh, "Was I wrong?" And she says, "I honestly, I don't know." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's that moral dilemma. It's classic and age old. Is it okay to steal a bread loaf of bread to feed your family? Is it okay to hurt someone who hurts others? Yeah, you know, she 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 doesn't know. He doesn't know. None of us know. And And he can't do nuance. And and her, I think her response was like, "There may be better ways to deal with people like that." Yeah. Right, but, I, I, yeah. but it's not wrong. But wrong, yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, all right. Paul agrees to be Arthur's conservator, and Arthur can go free. He has to live with Paul, and he's no longer allowed to be Defendor. Arthur gets pretty upset about that, but um, Paul convinces him to go along with it to k- stay out of jail. Wonders where he can get a taser. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. one of those zappy things. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are both laying on the ground together 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that moment just, it's like, you can, I, I'm going to keep go circling back around to the humanizing elements of all the characters around him. Mm-hmm. But man, they're both, they both got tasered. They're both laying on the ground. <laughs> and he makes this joke about the taser. And it's just like, this guy has so much value to people around him. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Did it- Paul get tased? I think so. I think they tased both of them because he was getting out of line too because he started shouting. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. Then we cut to the streets. Uh, Cat is approaches Dooney, who's busy stealing some kids' drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen to me before. Not with crack, but yeah, bag of pot. Fucking sure. Know. Man. Um, yeah. Yeah, so she goes with Dooney. Radavan tells his guys that they're not going to kill Arthur until after the shipment comes in. They're going to keep a low profile. Um, they do have a guy. They send a guy out to uh, give Arthur a picture of Cat tied up and uh, inform him that they're keeping her hostage and they'll kill her if he tells anyone about the shipment that's coming up. If he talks. Yeah, sim- <laughs> it simply said, talk and she dies. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, like Jinx. His interpretation of that made me laugh. Oh my god, I didn't even put that together. Wow, yeah. Immediately in the next scene, Jax, the kid, says, you don't say anything anymore, Arthur. Oh, wow. Is that because you're sad? Taking a a vow of silence because of the threat to her life. I did not put that together. That is amazing. (laughs) That's great. Literal. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah capability of interpreting nuance right um wow okay so all right then at paul's house arthur um is silent and depressed uh we discover that um he saved paul's son from being hit by a car um arthur ruminates for a while um then comes to a decision and uh decides that he's going to be defendor and leaves because Jack is behind him pretending to be Defendor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's finally really just like, go ahead. Yeah, he says, no, I am Defendor. Yeah, because the kid's like, I'm Defendor. I'm like playing with himself. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 And again, he's, Arthur is so simple. No, I'm Defendor. He's like <laughs> de- defensive about there's right. only one. Yeah, you're confused. Uh, um, we cut to Cat being held hostage by Dooney. He lets her out of her restraints because he wants a uh, blowjob. Well, and she she gasses him up with like, well, can I make my hair? Don't you want me to look pretty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy's so high on crack. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. This dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so she she grabs his gun, shoots him in the balls. She runs. She finds Arthur in the alley. Oh, like Dooney's going to be there later on when he's telling the captain Dooney's going to be there. Well, he got shot in the balls. So that's actually still in question. (laughs) And we see this happen in movies where characters run into each other in an alleyway. This is a perfect use of that trope where it's just like, oh, hey, uh, well, let's get out of here then. Yeah. Uh, Normally it feels so contrived. Yes. She didn't need to be saved. He didn't need to save her, you know. Like, That's what I appreciate is because he was going to save her, but she saved herself first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, so they go back to the workshop. Arthur tells her he's going to stop Captain Industry as it's the night of the big shipment. He told he was able to tell time by the phases of the moon because that's like <sighs> what he pays attention to because the of what his mother. Thing. Yeah, because of what his mother told him when he was a child. 
Well, and if he's <clears throat> dyslexia, dyslexic, and that's probably in there. Um, yeah, it was probably hard to read a clock. Yeah, for him. Yeah. Um. So she, uh, let's see. She wants to uh, give him the gun. He tells her guns don't hurt him because he believes when he got shot that it's he didn't die because he's can't be hurt by guns. He believed it beforehand. Yeah. And this just reinforced his yeah. belief, like yeah, beyond yeah. his ability to like question it. Mm-hmm. Confirmation bias. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, all right, he goes, let's see. Uh, he's saying he's going to go anyways. She says she lies. Radovan is in captain industry. Uh, he suits up and heads out. He stops at the police station, tells the captain he's going to go stop the shipment, tells him that it's going down that night. Uh, but before the captain can do anything, Arthur sneaks out again. Uh, um, the captain tells a couple of his guys that they're going to just them go out and meet in the parking lot. They're going to like, apparently he doesn't want the word getting around because he probably doesn't want Dooney to find out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think when, when our, he realizes Arthur is missing, uh, he he was going to not not to involve Arthur necessarily. Yeah, but he's like oh shit, man, no 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 no. Like the you can see the panic, mm-hmm. yeah, in his face of like oh no, this is this is going to be a mess mm-hmm. for yeah. him. Yeah. They're going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Cat is worrying, and she decides to head out. Also, then at the pickup site, Arthur arrives. <laughs> um. He causes a lot of chaos with marbles, hornets, and smoke. But he's trying to <laughs> throw the thing out the window, and it just lands in the box next to him on the seat. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh. The truck, him just ducking and, like, <laughs> rolling yeah. the truck through so slow. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's the anticlimactic hero moment. Yeah. So weird. Well, uh, there were so many like funny little moments that weren't necessary. Like when, um, uh, like, like when the one thug was like playing with the brass knuckles and he like interrupted it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chewing on it a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Like all those little things. Like, and it doesn't make the film less poignant. Like, and it's not slapsticky, but it's real. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it real. It makes it feel like, Real bored criminals expecting nothing to happen. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Arthur with his like wrist communicator, open the the B door, the wasp door. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite. Like <laughs> um, all right. He's got a new weapon here, the aftershave Molotov cocktail. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been slapping that's I forgot about that. He Kevin McAllister. Slaps yeah. the aftershave on his yeah, face. Yeah, you're, you're right. Moves in with him. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, let's see. Um. He managed to take take out a few guys and then confronts Radavan. Um. Cat arrives just in time to see Radavan shoot Arthur. Arthur tells Radavan that he killed his mother. Um. Radavan asks. What like he says? Asks what her name is. He says Faye. Then he like asks the last name. He's like honestly trying to remember if he killed her, right? Like, and there's a moment here where Radavan's like, 
Well, he talks about like how it's sad that like some of the prostitutes die and like he's he yeah. seems like he's honestly trying to remember and like like offer condolences about killing like like he's a terrible person, but he's also like trying to show some humanity now and again. It's really interesting. But he's complex. He's not just an evil villain, you know. Yeah. Right? Which, yeah, is real. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of these guys that like human traffic and stuff that are like like human beings, like they're evil fucks, but also they're like, you know, it's sad. We don't want these women to die, but you know, they're gonna. This this moment also reminded me of Magnum. Uh did you watch The Sunrise or Archer? Did, oh. did you watch Regis this morning? Um when he just shoots shoots the the Russian? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because yeah. just the, the turn and shoot, like, oh fuck, I have to shoot this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, then um, he manages to get up. He hits Radovan with his club. Radovan shoots him again and turns and walks away just as the cops arrive. There's a shootout going on in the background. The big shootout is off screen, essentially. Um, while Kat <laughs> tends to Arthur, he's dying. She promises him she'll quit drugs and become a writer. He tells her he loves her. She says it back, and then he dies. Um, this was legitimately like... A sad, sad moment. It was, but good for them for doing it. Yeah. Every superhero movie finds a way that the superhero isn't dead. Yeah. So it was sad, but it was real. Well, because the first time that Radovan shoots him, or Radovic, Radovan Kristich. Kristich. Yeah, he shoots him twice. And then he gets back up and is still alive like a comic book hero. Yeah. And right. it's, that, it's those last two shots that, that kill him. Yeah. Right. He probably like, would have survived he gets the first two. Out of adrenaline and yeah. 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 He he very well, if like EMTs had arrived, might have survived those yeah. first couple shots. Yeah. But yeah, the, the last True. two did him in for sure. Um so yeah, uh we cut to a memorial for Defendor. The public considers him a hero. Um then we see Kat. She has a home, and she's cleaned up, and she's writing. We roll credits. Even uh, Ellen, the psychologist, showed up with her kid at the mural. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she her kid tacked mm-hmm. a drawing on the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, w- it was interesting the way Kat Dennings looked to her left, which is where the camera was when she at the very end when she's typing. Yeah. Uh, a, a wasp flew by. Yeah. Oh, huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the wasp was the. It flew by her head and led us into the credits. Right, but it feels like, like in comic book movies, a tiny indication that maybe he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, or yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. But, um, Interesting. And yeah. Um. Oh shit! What was the song in the cre- that rolled with the credit tree? Oh, like it a was. Hammer. Whatever that song is. Do, do, do. Like yeah. I've, yeah. That's the it. song was by Metric, and it was Help, I'm Alive. Okay, yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard that a lot over the last, like, 10 years or so. and yeah, I was surprised to hear that song, because it is a popular song. Yeah. Um, they probably, <laughs> It's probably what a good chunk of his budget went to. Yeah. Uh, um, so, that's it. I, I don't really have un- any unanswered questions for this movie. It was pretty good. Right it here. answered all its own internal questions. Yeah, my yeah. own my only question was the rubber bullets thing, and Al answered that elegantly. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was it, this is a little undiscovered gem. Yeah, uh-huh. this I, is yeah. probably the most like uh, humanizing superhero that we've seen thus far. Like, like as right. far as like being in a real like reality based movie. Mm-hmm. character-based kind of thing yeah yeah well and, and a glimpse into i don't know it was really about this it was really about arthur and um what his mental issues are and how he sees the world like you know what i mean it was a psychological type movie more than superhero yeah. good, bad, bad guy yeah. yeah which i appreciated how yeah very human very human yeah it was it was yeah it was a film about Arthur that was dressed in the trappings of a superhero film. Yeah. I, I honestly think that this movie got the most like emotional response out of any of the movies that we've watched oh, from God. me, at least I'm just was watching it last night. Like, why does this keep just getting me? Why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I really like this one and, um, way under the radar. It, it, it wasn't even on the list originally until I, like I saw it come up somewhere somehow. And I realized it was supposed to be on the list, but, um, wow. Glad you did. Yeah. 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 Great movie. Um, like, yeah. Imagine if like Superman had to go to therapy for one reason or another, (laughs) he probably should have a number of Superman movies and that dude's messed up. Right. But how hostile he would be. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Superman. The fuck are you asking me that for? Uh, so yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts, guys? Um, no, no, no not really. Charming yeah. little film. Yeah, really was. Um, all right. You, you're ready to rank it. Sure. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see our rankings. This one's rough. Um, I. Just because it's so different, the one it most reminds me of is probably Unbreakable. That's exactly what well, I thought too. Split. If you ask me, Split. Well, yeah, but we haven't gotten to Split yet. The one that's currently yeah. on our list that it most reminds oh, me of. I see. Yeah, then I guess that one. But yeah. um, let's see. Um, which so? Will <laughs> you scroll up? What's number twenty-one? Superman Returns. Yeah. Do Sky High the Mask Constitute? I mean, like, it's better than a lot of these movies, but in a very different way. Yeah. Right. Um, this movie didn't have a lot of flaws. It really didn't. You know. What about like, above uh, superhero movie? It was better than that. Oh, absolutely. Um, where is superhero movie? Thirty-four. Yeah. Oh, superhero. Movie. Yeah. I mean. I mean I, I think this was better than Orgasmo. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, yeah. This, I this think is so like too. a top 20 easily. I don't think it breaks the top 10 necessarily, but... Uh, it's I think it's better than Orgasmo, and that's it's that's funny because it is similar. It's a small independent film about a superhero mm-hmm. like in a real-life situation. I mean, was it better than Batman 66? Uh, I don't know about that. It, yeah. yeah. It made a little more sense... Than the crow, yeah, like it did plot-wise. Plot oh not yeah. Just, yeah, not just thematically. Yeah. Well, and Batman sixty six is essentially up there because you know we just we loved the product itself, the colors, the characters, the over. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I was this, this is probably a better movie. It was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Excellently written. So well, 
Let's we could put it between Blade and Unbreakable or Unbreakable and the Crow. Alex right, it made more sense than the Crow. I mean, I think this was better than Unbreakable in a lot okay. of ways. Those emotional beats and Unbreakable just didn't land. A lot of them didn't, all. yeah. You know? A lot of them so it, in retrospect seem very like cold and like precise. Yeah. yeah. What about between that and Blade? I can I can see that. Huh? What do you think, Al? Mm, that 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 looks good, I think. Okay. Blade's a pretty kick-ass movie. It is. <laughs> it is. And I mean it, yeah. it gets to a certain point where like, you know, we can say like for instance, like this movie probably has a better script and is truer to its own um to its own story than like a lot of these movies up here, but in the end, it's not that kind of superhero movie. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a fair place. All right. Yeah. That's my it's, vote. I mean, it's going to be interesting when something like Super comes around. Which, which, yeah. a lot of those are coming soon. We've got. And where, where those will wind up against this kind of thing, too. Yeah. Well, and, and next week, especially, um, is going to be interesting because next week we've got another one of these. We'll get to that in a minute. But, um, I think that's fair. So, so are we all there, guys? We'll put it at 15 right above Unbreakable. Yeah. Sounds good. Are we all cowabunga on this? Yeah. <laughs> cowabunga all around. Number 15, and this movie only made $44,000 in theaters. And it was made by this, like, B-list Canadian, like, <laughs> char- like actor, like, that. that's hardly done anything. Like, I, I love it because the rules are made up and the points make no sense none whatsoever (laughs) but i feel like this is a good choice for this movie me too i think so i really enjoyed (laughs) this um and yeah so that does bring us to next week um next week uh we're as we had recently promised and now we're coming to it i put our dates for all of 2010 here so i don't get them mixed up again um next week we've got kick ass cool so that's another kind of like realistic superhero yeah yeah um so yeah that'll be interesting um kick ass that will be our next week one um and i think that's it for us everybody um thanks everybody for listening um this has been harmless phosphorescence this has been your host throw smiley and now it's time for me to make like a jet and take off i'm josh cc and remember to buy poppington brand popcorn I'm Brian Lesh, and I'll see you on the moon. I'm Alaric Weber, and Plastic Man writes my dialogue. (laughs) That's dope. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.